the Mindset Athlete Podcast and I'm your host, James Roberts. I'm a two-time Paralympian and owner of James Robert Fitness, which is an online training, nutrition and mindset coaching business. First of all, I'd like to thank Lauren Williams for suggesting for this quote to the show. An athlete is a mindset. It's how you prepare, think and execute. Not because of some elite status or physical stature. Anybody can be an athlete. By Chris Hoth. And each week on the Mindset Athlete, we like to bring you inspirational athletes, a message or experts talking about human optimization to teach you how to change your perception of your mindset and become 1% better. And on today's show, I've got Damien Ryder. Damien is an author, multiple world record ultra adventure athlete, creator of the One Breath Meditation, Cold Immersion Meditation, and Global Motivational Speaker. Recognized for his international humanitarian work and his physical feats as speaker in TEDx Talk Asia and USA, plus featured baton bearer during the 2018 Commonwealth Games and as a keynote speaker in the Australia for the Royal Commission response to institutionalized sexual child abuse. His work and dedication has led him to become respected a respected wellness and mindset specialist and coach globally. Always finding the positive in everything in life. He has an undeniable resilience to keep moving forward. He continues to test and challenge himself to discover what is possible mentally and physically, sharing his discoveries with others. So welcome onto the show, Damien. Thanks, mate. How you going? G'day, everyone. I'm, I'm very well. Obviously, uh, well, people can probably, if they're watching the video later today, can attest that you're obviously on a beach in El Salvador. So yep. it's, 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 well, it's, it's a complete polar opposite here. Uh, it's nice and foggy outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really clear here. But, you know, the fogs, I think, just uh, a little bit of sea mist going on here. So that's not a bad thing. So in terms of, obviously, your, your feats from an athlete, athletic standpoint, Damien, Obviously, I, I read the, the, your website in terms of experts were talking about what you'd achieve feet-wise before you didn't start was unrealistic. Let me ask you from this perspective, what possessed you to want to, to do the first instance of, of paddling eight, 800 kilometers in the first place? Just to start. Uh, look, yeah, look, I mean, it just got to a point in my life where, you know, it's, my life was like a crazy yo-yo going up and down, like dealing with PTSD from child abuse and trying everything. So I just, um, you know, uh, at that time, you know, I uh, had my fourth suicide attempt and I just, um, while I was pretty much in it, I was just like, this isn't, this can't be right. <laughs> it's going to be something better than this. And then, uh, yeah, so I went back to the ocean and just started surfing and paddling again, just sort of worked out, you know, where I was, where I was the most at peace and happiest and real and raw and honest uh, with nothing material around me, no real expectations, just feeling vulnerable in the ocean to nature. And, you know, that was back in the, the ocean surfing. And um, so, yeah, so I got back there and I just started paddling. And then I thought the only thing I hadn't really tried was just to break myself all the way back down to my raw foundations and just really rebuild myself the strongest possible version that I could uh, in my way and not really have too many influences by anyone else, uh, anyone else around me really telling me how I should be treating myself or how I should be healing myself. So I kind of just took bits and pieces of um, what I'd learned and what people had told me along the years and what I'd done intuitively and just sort of tied that back in and just started really thinking about that just to uh, on my growth as well. And I was always uh, I was always athletic throughout my years, and um, so I knew that was a real strong point for me, and it was something I'd always gone back to, no matter how I was, you know, drug and alcohol abuse or homeless or whatever it was, you know, I um, it was something I always went back to, and it um, always made me feel better and stronger, and you know, put that barrier around me, that that strength and resilience around me. Um, so, yeah, so I just did that. And I, so I just trained up, trained my ass off for, for eight months solidly. And, you know, I did uh, three-hour, eight-hour, 24-hour training challenges, like, nonstop. And, you know, if I needed to get anywhere, I would run. I'd go uh, sh- 
like grocery shopping with a uh, 20 kilo weight vest and a, a deprivation mask on. And, you know, so I just I absolutely gave it everything, you know, focus on everything. I didn't care how I looked around the streets, you know, in full black compression gear with it. With the you know the the weight vest that looked like a bulletproof vest with you know, this mask on you know getting some screeching tires from the old Bill when they um, see me running down the street at six a.m. dressed like that you know you go what's this guy doing and uh, you know walking along behind people like sounding like Darth Vader with the mask on but uh, you know I was on a mission I said that. I've really focused on what I was going to do and uh, I just wanted to do this uh, do an event that was going to give time to be able to get the awareness out there of, um, you know, people go down to the water, get into, get involved in the water, helps with healing, uh, raise awareness against child abuse, but also just do something that I was really proud of, you know, like something that no one else had ever done before, no one else had ever attempted. I didn't know if it was possible because no one had done it before and no one could even tell me how to do it. So that's that side of things excited me about it, um, just that full unknown. And everything I had to learn, I had to learn myself, just different ways to readapt my body and my mind and just keep overcoming these challenges. And through the eight months, you know, like I I got sick, like really sick, um, you know, through it. I got this mosquito bite and it was like dengue fever sort of set in. I was just like in my bed, just, you know, I'd lost about seven kilos in three days, just, bedridden and uh, that was you know that was even like a couple of weeks before I was supposed to paddle and but just you know always keeping on pushing forward and keeping on pushing forward with it and um, yeah just until yeah, January 3rd 2015 I walked down to my local beach bought under the arm and instead of just going for you know a 20 kilometer paddle I was set off on an 800 kilometer paddle. But what were kind of some of the challenges and, and obviously, ultimately, I want to call them pitfalls, but things that you hadn't thought about being difficulties before you set out on that journey? So what I tried to do is just get myself as uh, physically strong as I could and, and mentally strong and um, get rid of anything that I would, else I would train my body and mind for resilience, even uh, with water, just in case I lost water and food, which I ended up doing along the way. But for the most part, I didn't really think about anything too negative and I didn't really overthink anything at all because I didn't know what was going to come and I just looked at it like a normal day in life where you have a basic plan, you know, you get up in the morning, you do what you need to do in the day and you go to bed at night. But there's a lot of things that happen in the day that are just out of your control. So I thought it's a long way to go and it's a big mission to do. If I just start overthinking things and start thinking the worst possible outcomes of anything, well, it's just going to be too much for me and and I just don't need that. It's just about train up, get fit, know in my head that I'm going to do it, walk down, jump in the water, whatever happens, deal with it, keep going. So how do you stay in a neutral state of mind in terms of it, it's probably become more and more mainstream in terms of that thinking, uh, be it the sports psychologists, sports psychologists are talking about it more and more. And obviously people know the difference between what is negative self-talk and what is positive, but what do you do more specifically or at that particular time to keep yourself in that neutrality? So there was a couple of things, you know, um, so just beforehand, you know, like people are saying, you're going to die. There's like a 20% chance that you're going to make it alive and this and that, all these other people. and Or it's impossible. I kept hearing, it's impossible. And I'm like, why is it impossible? Because no one's done it before. I'm like, so that doesn't mean that's impossible. Like, it just, how do you know it's impossible? You don't even get off the lounge. Like, how do you know? How are you to tell me it's impossible? When did you try it? You know, like, that's that's not for, for anyone else to say it's impossible. but. Also, as well, I started because I'd gone through, you know, that suicide attempt that led me up to this. And I really started to think about things that I'd overcome in life and, you know, like gone through like a horrific childhood. You know, it's sort of, that's, that. I guess, that's, I guess the first time that the cards I was dealt as a kid really became um, my, my power, 
my, my little superpower, you know, to go, hey, well, no matter what happens, it's not going to be as bad as that. And that's it. I've overcome that. I've got here. So if I can overcome that and come here and, and still be alive after four good suicide attempts and still be here, I must be here for a reason. And I'm just going to go and paddle. Plus, the other thing people would say, it's impossible or not. And just to put it out of my mind and not think about it, because I was going down the Eastern, Eastern Australian current as well. So I would just say, well, Nemo made it. And he only had one flipper. So I'm sure I can make it on a paddleboard and two arms. You know, like, so I would just simplify the whole thing, you know, and uh, not, not think about and each day, not think about getting the 800 kilometers, just getting through each day. You know, as, as we do in life, you know, we just, you know, when you're dealing with issues and trauma and, and uh, you know, adversity in our lives, we just, you know, it's not about looking so far ahead. We have our uh, forward thinking goals, but it's just about, that's the best way we can get through today. How can we become the best possible version of ourselves today to get through? How can we train harder? What can we do for our own performance, physical, mental, emotional, um, to get through today and then cool we got through today now we're going to get through tomorrow but you still have your long-term goal so i would still think about the 800 kilometers but it's like all right well my first destination is byron so let's just instead of getting ahead of myself let's just focus on all right what am i going to need to do to get to byron bay for the first 68 kilometers all right so that's really all i need to think about that's it you know so just breaking things back down into more simple form so i knew that no matter what that I was moving forward and I was chipping off little milestones along the way to go, all right, well, I made that, so I might as well keep on going, those sort of things. And do you think that even to this day that keeps you grounded in, 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 in the moment because obviously doing 800 kilometers by surfboard is now physically possible because obviously you, you set the precedent, but be it before it had, had, you'd, you'd achieved that accomplishment, people were saying it was impossible. Do you think because you've overcome it's not really an adverse situation, but B, can, can actually conquered the unknown. Do you think it keeps you grounded in that perspective? Because if anything, that is a challenge to a lesser degree. You can, you can kind of look upon, well, I've achieved this in the past. This yeah. is no longer a big deal. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's just, and that's one of the major things, that, the major awakenings that happened to me in the ocean is just really giving thanks to, all the struggles that I'd been through in life because they'd built up my resilience to be able to keep going on the paddle, to not stop and not give up, you know. And so, so many people just, they, they take the struggles for granted or just want to get, get through them really quickly instead of stopping the process, what the tools that they've actually learned and how that can transform life. Life's, you know, life's simple. Life is simple. People go, oh, you know, life's hard. Well, life's not hard. Life's just simple. I mean, look, you know, look, Look where I am. It's life simple. It's beautiful, you know. It's forever moving. It's how we complicate things and it's how we act and react to different situations. And life becomes a little bit more complex, but it's not complicated. You know, different layers and there's different things that we go through. There might be relationship breakups. There might be deaths in our family. There might be loss of job, loss of money, um, injuries. There's so many different layers of things that we build up. So there's not just that one one particular way or, or therapy or uh, incident that's gonna that molds us to who we are so it's about taking the goods and bads out of all those situations and have them as our life lessons to build up our resilience to know we can get through the next thing and not just push them aside and not just say well that happened then but i'm all right now it's like all right what did i learn, learn from this what did i learn from the, having that person in my life now It'll not only get you through that situation, but it gets you through everything because these are your tools like a, a normal tradesperson, you know. It's not he's got a hammer and it does everything. He's got a whole tool shed full of things, you know, and he knows whatever problems happen and he goes in there and he grabs that. And that's, that's what we do as well, you know, whether it's in our life or whether it's in our athletic abilities to be able to do with that because it's all relative and it's all pretty much the same. Like if you're exerting yourself and you're huffing and puffing and shallow breathing, well, it's the same as you're having an anxiety attack or you're in an argument with someone. It's that same feeling, that fight or flight sort of mode, <laughs> you know, in that panic state. So how you calm yourself down, it's, it's exactly the same, works the same way, you know, like, and uh, 
just, you know, connecting back with your breath and everything. So it's, it's about simplifying things and not taking shortcuts, but just really dropping everything all the way back down to just the bare foundation. So every time something happens, you've got that reset button to come back to, to f- start again and go, have that breath and go, all right, I can see that path again. All right, keep going. All right, I'm back on track. You know, not just take shortcuts, not just, you know, because 50 flights and the fifth, you know, get up 50 floor and, and the building's wobbly. You don't just chop it down to floor 49 and then just think you're going to build floor 50 and everything's going to be good again. You've got to come all the way back down to your foundations and go, right, okay, how do I make this structurally better to get through it? You know, and you rebuild, rebuild, but every time you do, it just becomes faster and faster. So, when you're dealing with any like um, say plateaus in sports or, or mental stress or anything like that, you know, it's, it's the same thing. So you've just got to be able to come back down, regroup, recalibrate and rebuild again. But at the first time it might take you a couple of weeks to try and work it out. Then it might take you a few days and it might take you, you know, a few hours and you might be able to just do it like within an instant, within a breath and you go, but it's just about knowing, understanding, learning from it. And just being in, more in tune with yourself, with the resilience that you're building up. And it's, I mean, it's the same as you're doing any sports or any sports for, for like for the first time or, or weight training or anything, you know, just sort of try it once and that's it. You know, you, you step back and go, right, well, how can I, I couldn't do that squat. So you're like, all right, well, what's the issue there? Okay, maybe if I just take off a little bit of weight there, okay, how, how's my balance? How's this? How's that? You know, and you, you start making those adjustments, but those adjustments, even though it's simple as doing a squat, it's the same thing as what you do in, in life as well. You know, you step back, yeah, you reassess it, and there's no such thing as failure. Like you'd say you didn't make the 100 kilo squat, you didn't fail on the 100 kilo. You step back and you learn, you go, okay, I'm not ready for that. So let's just go down to 95. So 95, I'll do, cool. Same things with any, anything you do in sports and anything you do in life. You never fail, you just learn. And you just, once people take that word fail out of it, then life becomes a little bit more open for people to be able to explore more who, of who they are. Plus, they don't have that instant wall up in front of them and they don't plateau as well as much. You know, they don't just get stuck there because they're like, I can't do it. Oh, should I? Or have that fear or have other people's self-doubt put into them that you can or can't do something or something's possible, not possible. Um, into them it's just about them understanding themselves to be able to keep going forward with what they can do and see it see it and do it simple as it is you know so where do you think Damien from a perspective obviously you're talking about quick fixes do you think it comes down to a certain amount of of ego in terms of you talk about the weight issue of the squat do you think it's because they're having a, a judgment or being judged by others so they take the 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 quickest approach because okay if i if I perceive that I can lift hundred kilos, I'm gonna be taken into that group if I can't do ultimately I'm judged to be not as good I'm not gonna say failure, but yeah, I mean ego is a massive thing, you know it's huge and unfortunately you know it's with social media it's just takes people away from from who they are you know and it's um if you people need to get back to to themselves and trusting within themselves and not just looking outwards for the answers as well you know you've got to look look inwards like you've got to find the answer yourself because then you own it otherwise you know you're just living off other people's words or what other people can do so you're always trying to live up to someone else's expectations but not actually exploring who you are or what you can do yourself. Do you think ultimate, do you think ultimate comes down to a little bit of common sense then? Or, or what is, has, has been probably lost obviously with the invention of social media? Uh, intuition, intuition gets lost. You know, we lose the trust in it, in our own intuition. It's the biggest thing, you know, it's, uh, you know, you should do something else, but you know, Someone tells you to do this, so you, you do it, you know, but you got feelings like, oh, I shouldn't do that, you know, but, you know, it's just that intuition, you know, believing and trusting within yourself that, you know, you've, you've got this, you've got this right, you know, it's, it's you, you work it out. 
just do it. You don't need other people to tell you what you can can't do. Just work it out and do it, you know. But where does that uh, come where does that come from in terms of people not trusting obviously themselves? Because it's gonna oh, be different I mean, for other people, for lots of people in terms of the answer. Well, uh, it, it it just gets bred into us. I mean, when we're born we're like intuitive thinkers and we're just we're exploring everything that there is, you know, and um you know, you see kids, they make cubby houses out of all sorts of things, you know, no one's teaching them. They just see it and do it and that's it. Or they run wild here or there or run around with no clothes on there. They don't care. <laughs> They're just exploring everything. Or they'll just sit over in the corner and start laughing to themselves or sit over in another corner and start crying to themselves. You know, as kids, you just explore absolutely everything that there is until you start understanding words. And people say, oh, you can't do that. Oh, don't touch this. Oh, don't go over there. Oh, you can't do this. So these sorts of things get put into you. Then you go into school and they're teaching you another form of everyone should fit in this same box. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> and it's like, uh, oh, then people get too scared to ask questions because oh, I don't want to sound dumb because everyone's supposed to know this, but I don't know this. In actual fact, there's probably 90% of the class that doesn't understand whatever it is that a triangle equals three times X or whatever, you know, like, oh, you know. It's, so people uh, don't start asking questions, so they're not exploring, so they're not having that self-growth. And then when, because they don't have that continual strength exploring themselves, we start, then we get told that we have to be happy all the time. If you're not happy, you're depressed. If you're not depressed, you commit suicide. You know, it's it's like, it's not like that. It's you shouldn't be happy all the time. You should explore all your emotions. But again, you know, it's just that, those simple things that just kept laying up onto us of exploring of who we are. So we start losing who we are and we start losing our own inner strength and we start relying on other people. So that's when trauma happens. Everyone starts looking outwards. They start looking outwards for that magic word or that magic pill or the magic program or, or whatever it is, you know, everyone telling us how we should be treating ourselves instead of it us doing it ourselves, you know, so we keep constantly losing that inner strength. And, you know, I guess it goes up to, so you start learning all these things. And then once you go, oh, hang on, you might get to the 40s or something and go, hang on, something's amiss here, you know, just, oh, I'm still fucking screwed up. I don't know who the hell I am, you know, but what life am I living? And then you start trying to unlearn everything that everyone's told you. And then you end up old and you, you go back to your intuitive ways. You go, ah, oh, bugger everyone else. I'll just do it my way, you know. And then you live the rest of your life happy again, doing it your way, you know. But if we can connect back with ourselves, you know, and uh, not just uh, keep looking at what the Joneses are doing and how we're supposed to be on social media and how we're supposed to act, how we're supposed to feel, how we're supposed to dress, how we're supposed to take a photo, what food we're supposed to be eating. You know, it's all there. People start scrolling. Oh, I've got to eat that because she's eating that and she looks like that. You know, it's just, you know, people have uh, just got to take their own ownership, their own responsibilities back into their own hands and take their own accountability as well. Everyone's super strong. Everyone's powerful as hell. They just forget it. (laughs) But do you think they need to be, take on board their childlike state than to be, because I mentioned this so it was about recording and about speaking to somebody on a, on a consultation call and just to get him to think, because he was kind of just probing, well, what should I do? Why don't you just try everything? You, 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 you won't know until you find out whether or not you like something, even if it's something you haven't done for years or you've not done it ever. You, I, I kind of use the, the argument of, you might even like painting for, for argument's sake. It's, you you yeah. won't know until you try. I was willing to, okay, to, to hitting rock bottom to, to be a little bit more open-minded, to wanted to try things again or to try new things, but I was kind of open to it. It's like, well, why don't you try this? Okay. What have I got to lose? The worst comes to worst, i got to choose something else. Ultimately, there's, there's, no, yeah. there's no loss. Um, that came with Pilates. I've not done it for a while. And I see the benefit of it but from a different perspective. So that's going to go back into the, into my exercise routine. But I think it is having that open-mindedness to to be adaptable, uh, to be flexible with obviously your thinking and, and you as the person because you're ever-changing anyway in terms of 
uh, from a biological stance, you, you, you change every day because you're shedding, shedding your skin. So you are, you are technically a different person every single day. So why can't yeah. you use that kind of mantra in everything that you do? 100%. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you've nailed it. You know, just try everything. Like I, you know, like we spoke about briefly beforehand, you know, it's, um, you know, my life's less about material things, more about experience things. You know, I just want to experience as much as I can while I'm here, you know, and it's many places and foods and cultures and, and everything, you know, it's, um, like a funny thing about that is, you know, like I was in uh, I was in Mexico City a few months ago, just for a few days, just to check it out. Never been there, so I thought I'd check it out. And um, not many people speak English there at all, and my Spanish isn't very good at all. So I would jump in a taxi, and I'd uh, ask, "Oh, I need to go here, right, right. I need to go to Roma Norte, let's say." And um, it was like fifty-fifty whether I got to where I wanted to or not. Because he would just turn around and go da, 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 in Spanish, and I'd just go see sí, like yes, and just go whatever wherever I end up, and then I'd just wait and I'd get somewhere and I'd go oh yeah this is it, or he'd be looking at me as if to say well this is where it is, and I'd go think well, that's nowhere near where I wanted to go, but yeah no worries man I'll get out here I'll <laughs> just get out and cruise around you know, and the same same with food as well like have these conversation it's all in Spanish in the menu and I'd just go oh. Uh, I, I want this, and come out and just go, ah, yeah, maybe I didn't want chicken. I wanted fish. Okay, no worries. Thanks, man. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, so, and I'd eat it and go, oh, I'm glad you gave me this. This is beautiful. You know, like, so I kind of live my life like that anyway. You know, I'm always like this, uh, this, yes, yeah, cool. I'll do that. You know, it's, and, but what it does, you know, it, it just opens you up to more and more and more and more exciting things and, and more opportunities and um, more resilience within yourself and more knowing about who you are and what you can do and your adaptation and, your, you know, just being able to, yeah, like really adapt to, to any situation to be able to keep going through and not be, not weigh yourself down and burden yourself just because things aren't perfect right now. It's like, oh, okay, uh all right, well, I'll just roll with it. Okay, this, I'll go with this. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's, it takes a lot of stress off you the more that you can experience um, in anything in life, you know? And that's what I say to people to keep testing and challenging yourself, whether it's, you know, having a different sort of milkshake or, or different sort of cappuccino or going to a different cafe or, or you know, baking a cake or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Travel to a different country that you've never been to before, but you've, you've thought of. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, just so long as you're just doing little things or big things every day. Like, you don't have to paddle oceans and skateboard countries. You know, you can just do little things every day. Like, constantly do little things. You know, like, surf different... Like, there's about five different breaks here. It's like, do a surf over there, do a surf here... The sands, because it's volcanic sand, so it's black. So it's like, it gets really hot in the middle of the day. So you're like, all right, am I going to make it without burning my feet? Like, I'm going for it, you know, like go for a run or, or up behind me here. I don't know if you can see it. So up here, right, it looks pretty easy to get up there, up at the top of that mountain. I tell you, it's not. Eh? I got up there and I was like through all these thorn bushes and like these cliffs I was stuck on and these pollen dust like in my mouth it was crazy then it got dark and then trying to get back down and all i had was my phone and the little light on it and just like ah oh, like it was you know hectic but it was uh, at the same time it was you know fun and everyone here was like freaking out about it. oh my god he's lost his ears and i'm like just sending a message and calling saying it's pretty dark i know there's a cliff drop somewhere like i just might have to sleep here for the night and i'll just uh, i'll see you in the morning for breakfast and it's like panic stations. But for me, I'm like, what are you panicking for? Like, I'm not in Himalayas, like, you know, stuck. I can see where you are. I'm just like literally a kilometre from where you are. I just can't see right where I am because of the shitty little torch on the iPhone, you know. But there's no problem. It's warm. It's, there's no problem for me staying out here. So for me, that was normal. You know, that's normal for me to go and do that. It's like, yeah, no worries. Don't worry about it. There's panic. No, you can't have people sleep out at night. Can't do this and that. And people are running around. I was like, 
and they ended up coming down like they just just did a, a pin drop on my whatsapp and found where i was and they're like they just drove along the road shined some torches up and i was literally from where i was to getting in the back of the truck was like 45 seconds away you know like but for me i just didn't care like you know it's just uh but yeah i mean again you know it's just that's the difference of people who are testing and pushing themselves to become uh, you know a, a new standard and a new normal happens do you think do you think because i'm based on that situation damon you're used to being obviously in a massive state of uncontrol and out of your comfort zone on a routinely basis. And obviously they are worried about your safety because obviously most people that stay in yeah. where you're staying wouldn't have gone and done what you did. So you think because it's unnatural to them, do you think that's why the this heightened sense is obviously activated to, okay, Damien's done something very risky here. This isn't quote unquote normal. Let's get the alarm bells ringing. Yeah. Oh, I definitely. Yeah. Cause they just, they don't do things like that, you know? And it's the same thing. I was in Tulum, Mexico and I was learning free diving and, uh, you know, exactly the same thing. And I had to go through it as well. You know, on the first day I was like going down for about, you know, 35 seconds and get me, get me back up, you know, freaking out, and, you know, but by the third day, you know, I was down for two minutes, 20 down there, you know, like uh, 30, 35 meters down, so a hundred and something foot down and being able to just go down there and just look around you know, and work my way back up again, you know, like without freaking out, but, you know, it's just about pushing that comfort zone and, and just stepping out of it just that little bit more and a little bit more, you know. So it's, um, yeah, like everything ties in with everything else, whether it's in your personal challenges or your physical challenges, they all tie in, they all interconnect. So going back to what you were asking before is, yeah, you should you should be testing and trying everything, you know, because it, it, it all helps in all sorts of ways. So, for instance, you know, even me doing free diving, and learning that, or then that helps for me big wave surfing for when I get held down as well. You know, if I get held down for three minutes where I'm already got my breathing. So that, even though they're two completely different sports, still water sports and still about holding your breath underwater, you know, so it's, um, you know, or, or different fighting styles or whatever it is, you know, you, it's, you know, there's a lot of things that you can tie in with each other and, and understand you know and you know whether it's strength agility speed you know they all um they all they all tie in with each other you know so what do you think is the the shortcomings then for most athletes or most people in general do you think it's more mental when when they're coming against a, a challenge or a struggle than anything that's ever physical or emotional yeah yeah i think it's it's mental for sure most of it of either self-doubt or, or other people doubting their abilities just because they might not be able to do it at that, at that point in their, their time. And going back to what we were saying before with the ego as well, not, not wanting to push because not wanting to have that fear of failure and looking like a failure in front instead of just exploring what happens if you do do that, you know, um, to do step outside the box and, and go for it, you know, um, yeah, or they just start living in that comfort zone where they know, they get to a point where they know that they're at um, a high level and people are rewarding them and praising them for the level and, and the skill that they do right now. And they go, okay, that's that's it. This is all I need to train to or this is all I need to do or this is all I need to achieve right now instead of looking elsewhere as well and um, like even with some athletes that I work with, you know, just giving them, letting them step out of their realm, even tennis players, you know, like putting them into like a little endurance event and they're like, no, I play tennis, it's not an endurance event. I'm like, well, it's one of the longest endurance events a tennis game is, so you kind of should be training that way anyway, you know, Um, or triathlons, you know, it's triathlons you know that a lot of them train with triathlete coaches to do all three of the events but 
I was saying to him uh, that I was training before the uh, Tokyo Games trials. I was saying if I was triathlete, I would train with the best cyclists, the best runners, and the best swimmers. And then I would have a triathlete coach that helps me uh, do the transitions between them. You know, and then to me that makes sense because they're three different disciplines that you're tying into one. It's the same as mixed martial arts. Like it's really evolved now, which is which is great to see. And you still, but it's still lacking behind. Like people go and they train MMA, but they're not training all the different disciplines. You know, they're not training as a boxer. They're not training as a kickboxer. They're not training as jujitsu. You know, or, or whatever it is. You know, Kali or whatever, you know, and then start putting them together. But the ones that you see who are, then that's when you see them winning by doing different things. Like even, you know, the Conor McGregor fight that was just on, you could see the difference of, of how he's been training. You know, he's doing the dirty boxing, Carly sort of style, you know, like the shoulders up and just changing just that style. And, and it got him to win. Or, or George St-Pierre, you know, he... It's like UFC 127 or something like long ago, years ago, you know, he was the first one that come out with a jab, you know, and he won by just jabs. And that's because he'd been over the Philippines, learning Filipino boxing over there for so long before he went into it. And now everyone started to evolve from there and go, all right, we need better hands now, you know. So I've watched the sport evolve and change a lot, you know. So, and you have to because... That's what people are doing now. They know that they need those different disciplines to be able to put in together to create something as a whole, you know. And so it goes with any sport that you're doing, you know, I think. You, know, you just see what elements are sort of similar to, to what you're doing and then those are the sorts of things that you would work on, you know, whether it's tennis, soccer, whatever, you know. So what kind of objection did you kind of counter when you, you mentioned, obviously, getting the triathlete to do it that way instead of the conventional way? Yeah, all sorts of stuff. But uh, luckily, like, you know, they they were able to Google me and see that I've done different events, you know, multiple sports and that. And uh, so the conversations were there. And also there's also that strength thing, you know, like, oh, you can't can't, uh, lift weights and be fast and this and that. And you're like, and I'm like, have you seen the size of swimmers? Look how fucking big they are. And they swim faster than you. Have you seen cyclists' legs? And they're faster than you. You know, have you seen like fucking runners? Look at 100-meter runners. Look at the size of them. They're units. You know, look at you saying Bolt is fucking huge. You know what I mean? You're like, how are they get big? You know, because they, they lift weights, but they do that. You're never going to get big because you're doing too much cardio, but you're just going to get stronger stronger all around your body and you're never going to get big because you don't eat big so it's just you know it's there's still that that misconception of lifting weights and oh you know like i'm sure you've trained a lot of girls in in your in the past and they go oh i don't want to lift weights because i don't want shoulders like yours like well if you can get shoulders like me out of a 45 minute training session once a week like in a couple of weeks well just please give me what you're doing, eh? We'll be billionaires together. This is 15 years of training weights every day, like, to get like this and eating the house down, you know? It's just, uh, you know, it's about uh, strengthening yourself mainly, but just uh, but doing it right. But the ones that did take it on, they, uh, yeah, noticed a massive improvement, huge improvement uh, of what they were doing and um, just an all-round strength and endurance in their muscles. I was like, well... You know, what do you need to keep on going? You need more oxygen. So if you've got bigger muscles, it carries more oxygen, doesn't it? It seems pretty simple to me. You know, it's all around strength and you don't want to fatigue. The less muscle you got, the quicker you're going to fatigue. I don't know. It seems simple to me. But do you, do you think, obviously, the undertones of obviously females and strength training is, is, is probably... That bias is, I think, slowly dissipating in terms of yeah. I think they've seen enough people from a social media perspective the, the figure on a woman has obviously evolved in terms of oh I want that I want the big ass and, and things like yeah, that yeah. Like, not ever I'm not I'm generalizing a little bit but obviously for the athletes that's probably a little bit easier because they're going to do the strength and conditioning anyway because it, the 
be it power, speed, and all those things that come with it, it comes part of, part and parcel that you're gonna get a physique that most people want in terms of the more more uh, I call it athletic in its disposition of how it looks, whereas be you know magazine covers generally probably bodybuilders as well as an athlete well is that productive not really because that's that's for that's for looking at not for going out and doing something so i think when you do pro people it's like well i want to look like this but why or 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 what's the purpose in terms of what you're doing obviously with sport it's okay to look nice but if it's not doing anything it's not it's not really it's uh it's not getting you anywhere Nah, yeah, you know, you get those people who go, you know, so what are your goals with this? You'll ask them, like, oh, I want to be fit. They're like, okay, but how, how fit do you want to be? Oh, you know, I just oh, I just want to be fit. Like, all right, so for me being fit, I need to be fit so I can run for three days nonstop or so I can paddle for 17 days in the ocean. That's, that's me getting fit. Do you need to be that fit? Or you just want to be fit that you can kick the football around in the park with your son um, or do you want to run a marathon or it's like it's pretty open-ended like mm. what's your goal? So you just want to be fit. It's just like people saying, oh, I just want to be rich. I'm like, well, what's rich? How much money is rich? You know, like what's your goal on it, you know? Or I want to be successful. It's like, you know, all these things are open-ended so there, there's no no goal to it, you know. But going back to the, the physicalness, you know, it's, you know, the ones that stand on stage, bodybuilders and that, they've got a goal. They've, they've got a date. They know what they've got to do. They train up for that date. That's their goal, to look like that. Or they know they've got a magazine cover coming up and they know what they need to do to shred down to get on that cover. I think people are disillusioned in terms of, oh, I want to look like that. Hmm. Okay. And people said, oh, have you ever thought about this? Like, no. I've, I've obviously watched documentaries, read up on things. It's like, no, no, no. I, I take my nutrition seriously, but I don't want to go to an extreme of compulsion or, you know, it's yeah. they get to a point where, oh, really, I can't really, I, this is just too much from an overwhelmed perspective. I, 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 I do like my food, so I, I would like to enjoy it. Whereas you see sometimes yeah. they get to a state where, they're hating what they're eating. Thinking, well, okay, it's same with training uh, for most athletes. There comes a point where you do hate it, but you do it anyway. I would probably say that was the same argument for a bodybuilder with the nutrition. Yeah. And like you say, it's a goal. They either step it on stage or, or, or a cover. Ultimately, not necessarily going to be a prize at the end of it, but it's that transformation from where they started to the end goal, and I think maybe from a general general population perspective, they only see the well. In most things, they see in the finished article. It doesn't matter if it's a magazine cover, uh, be it the Olympics. You see the end product, and I think people are disillusioned. I, don't, I obviously with social media, I think that helps a little bit because people can kind of show the increase in the ins and outs. Should I say it's easier to say of what what the process looks like. Do you really want to do this now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a great point. You know, it's you know, it's good that people show that along the way and the struggles and you know how they've got to, especially it's you know just focus on bodybuilding and sculpting sort of side of things. You know, they they've got to have that blowout stage. They don't have, they don't always look stage ready. You know, and it's, uh, you know, and like I said, they hate it. You know, they're depleted. They're, this sort of, of nutrition of um, water of everything you know but you know it's people get that misconception of oh that's that's what i want to look like i want to look healthy like that and you're like well that's not healthy at all you know like really ages people and everything and uh you know but again you know that's their sport that's what they've chosen to do I'm not taking anything away from whatever anyone chooses to do and um but yeah it's not uh I mean, it's not for everyone, but it's it's a long process. It's not just like, hey, I just want to go and look like that. You know, it's um, you train, you do what you need to do, and you train right, you'll end up looking pretty good shape anyway. 
you know, for, for your body type of who you are without going to such extremes and with being able to still enjoy life and, and um, yeah, just do what you want, you know, to be, to be happy. And, I mean, to be what well, most people don't realize that, you know, to get yourself to that state or to be most times as a professional athlete, whether it be, you know, football, fighting, surfing, whatever it is, it, it's lonely. You know, there's a lot of times by yourself. You're training by yourself. You're motivating yourself. You're the one keeping up, getting on, getting on going. You know, you're waking up 4 a.m. not wanting to, but getting yourself out of bed, eating what you're supposed to, not eating what you what you want to. You know, it's um, you know, it's a it's a long, hard, focused road, and it's there's no quick quick way to get to any of it, whether it's standing on stage or you know, playing FA Cup, whatever it is, you know, it's there's no quick way to get to it. It's just putting in that work and that dedication to be able to get there. But, you know, again, you know, a lot of people post on social media um, just that end results and everyone's like, oh, I just want to get there. And you're like, well, everyone wants to just be like that, you know. <laughs> but no one wants to put in the work, you know, or people want to be rich or successful, whatever that looks to, to people, but they don't want to put in the work, you know. It's just like, you know, and... uh Funny, like I have this mate and he used to always say, oh, I wish I'd win the lotto. God, I wish I win the lotto. I'd say, do you buy lotto tickets? Nah. I said, well, how are you going to win if you don't buy one? You know, you're not even in the running. Oh, I wouldn't win. Well, again, you know, this is like turning himself off, something that he wants, but he's not even out there. Mm. All he's going to pay a couple of bucks for a ticket to get started just to see what happens, you know, to be in the running for it at least, you know. And, you know, it's the same with, with most things in life, you know. People are just too quick to go, yeah, I want that, but not put in the work. And and uh, like I was like going back to the free diving, you know, it could have been easy for me to go, yeah, look, you know, I want to go 30 metres. And on that first day, I go, oh, I can't even go 10 metres. Oh, no, I can't. That's not for me, you know. Shit, I can't do that but it's about going through that process and the stages. And for me, that's what I love. You know, I love that, that process and the stages that you go through and the, the highs and the lows of it. And you're like stopping learning and process. And, you know, for me, that's the exciting part of, about growth in a sport or in yourself or in a day or, or, or within someone else who you're coaching at, at the same time, you know, watching that process and, you know, I guess as well for you being a coach, that's, that's you know, it's not so much a monetary side of things, but it's like watching that transformation, you know, watching that baby grow and being able to guide them through stepping out of their comfort zone and seeing the changes, you know, like it's because if they're not going to be accountable for it themselves or we're accountable for them, you know, so we want to see that growth and we want to see that change and, you know, if you trying to teach someone how to box, let's say, and their arms are going off everywhere and they think, you know, I know how to fight. I have heaps of pub fights, you know, and they're like, <laughs> you know, that's not how you fight, man. That's how you throw a punch, you know. I'm brawling now. You know, but then all of a sudden they'll be like, pull out that jab, and you know, just hit nice and crisp on the pad and you just go and you watch their face and they're like, oh, that's it. You're like, that's it. You know, like, ah, oh, then they're on. And then they get more excited again to go, all right, what else? Okay, okay. And then things start coming in together a little bit better. They start understanding. And actually, they start listening instead of just knowing, knowing everything, you know, as well at the same time. So, so it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it takes time, doesn't it, in terms of, I think, where people probably foul <clears throat> of that is, you know, and probably to a certain extent I probably do sometimes when you hit that low point but you don't take that step back and you get all emotional in terms of being fixated well this hasn't gone right and look at everything bad whereas I think when I've probably tried to stay in that neutral state is to take that step back and kind of say okay what did you do well what needs improvement and what can you change Obviously, from the bad perspective, and I think, and that's where you probably analyze the whole lot in a package instead of more instinctively kind of going, "Wow, it's only because of this where it failed." And this is where I'm back to the argument that like you said at the very beginning in terms of failure. I'm only picking out the bad. I, I'm not even looking at what was good. 
yeah. where I can improve. And I think where, where I think when you do lock in like that, you do learn more because of obviously if it doesn't work, be from a coaching perspective, uh, based on marketing for argument's sake, or if it doesn't work or it bombs, okay, that that way of doing it didn't work. I can discard that now and, and, and not go down that route again. And obviously you look at probably the positive of it. Okay, I've seen that it doesn't work. We won't utilize that 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 form anymore, and you can and you obviously don't you don't get emotionally attached to it and and spiral out of control. And I think when you can do that across the board, look a little bit more logically at times at things instead of emotionally. I think you you do progress in terms of sports a massive one because uh, I was speaking to Daryl Stinson and I've had on uh, previously. He talked about rejection. Well, sport in itself is a massive form of rejection because what 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 it what is training or practice? Ultimate failure. <laughs> it's, it's, you, you're okay with that arena of making mistakes, uh, missing shots, um, or, or whatever sport it is, making the mistake because obviously you're, you're learning mm-hmm. and implementing the things that you need to for when you come to game time to not make them. And then obviously on the flip side of that, when you're in that in, arena. I've missed the game-winning shot. Oh shit! Everything, everything's gone to pot. So I think, in terms of him utilizing that, in terms of rejecting, it's a, it's a massive good one because I think people within the athletic realm kind of discard it. it's like, well, this is over here and this is over there, and they don't they don't match. So this rejection or failure is worse than here. So you think well, ultimately it's all the same thing. It's it's a learning curve. And ultimately, the old saying goes: you lose, you learn more from losing than you do winning, because you can mask over lots of things when you're winning. Because it's like, well, we're winning. Well, let's gloss over what we're doing wrong, because we're still going. And but then, when you ultimately lose, I think it does bring things to the surface. To kind of hang on a minute, what we were neglecting or not actually looking at is pretty big, and ultimately it needs fixing moving forward. And I think, uh, okay, we're in a society now where that's everybody and his dog gets a trophy. That's an argument all in itself. But people don't learn from losing. Yeah, no, and they should. I mean, that's that's your greatest asset, your, your losses, isn't it? You know, it's the same as, same as in business. You know, people see the success that you're in right there and then, but they don't understand that... Um, all the unsuccessful times of businesses that it's taken to be able to get to that point in their life, you know? And yeah, same as with sports across the board, like how many goals have they missed to be able to get that goal? You know, it's, um, you know, it, it, it goes through the same thing and it's just that practicing and relearning and, and um, that, that's with everything. That's not just, and again, you know, tying both of them back in together, you know, the mental side of things of, of sports aspect and life as, aspect is is practicing and relearning with everything. That's your emotions, that's your mental health, that's everything, you know, it's keeping up. It's, you know, your meditation, how you walk, how you breathe. You know, it's not, you're not just going to get it overnight. You're not just going to be a star football player overnight and you're not just going to get the understanding and the connection with breath work as well to be able to use that in any situation also. You know, it, it takes time to connect with it and understand it and become yours you know like um that football becomes part of their feet you know your, your breath's always with you but having the connection and knowing when to use it and how to control it you know that that takes learning as well it takes unlearning and relearning to be able to do things like that so again you know the going back to the more you explore yourself in different sorts of realms and different um, complexities you know it's uh, the more things just tie in with each other as well and just that um that train of thought and that thinking to be able to keep moving forward and keep readapting through anything that happens you know there's always unforeseen uh things that come up in life or in sport or or whatever it is you know that could be big that could be small but it's just about having uh not having putting that mental stress and strain on yourself and or overthinking but being able to be quick thinking knowing you've already got the tools because you've already been through something similar in your life. So 
your, your natural database will, will flick through like a Rolodex and work that out and, and away you go, you know, to be able to um, to adapt to it, to keep going. Whether you've got like a, a little injury and, you, you know, if you hurt your foot, stub your toe, we don't need to tell ourselves how we need to limp along. We just start walking and we just limp normally along because it's already programmed into us. This is how we adapt to make it uh, less painful for us moving forward. Well, I think, and also the saying goes with Mike Tyson, you don't learn something until you get punched in the mouth. I wouldn't think you want to be punched in the face by him at any time. Everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face, you know, it's just, uh, and that's, that's exactly it, you know, and it's, uh, you know, again, you know, there's only so much you can uh, read and only so many YouTube clips you can watch, but unless you're out there actually doing it, experiencing it, knowing it and exploring it afterwards of what you know, then you don't really know. <laughs> Right, so obviously, like we said before we started recording, actions speak louder than words. It's yeah. all well and good you saying with best intentions that you're going to do something. You need to get off the fence because uh, obviously most people are probably procrastinators or perfectionists before mm-hmm. they do something, and that's why they haven't. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm any different because I was. Um, I, I, I look, look to hold myself a little bit more accountable in times and see. Okay how long is it going to take you to, to implement before I can say this editing of this show, it's going to take this amount of time. This amount of time I got to set aside. That's not procrastination. That's me utilizing logic uh, from a time, from a time sensitive perspective and scheduling to get it done. When can I fit it in to do it and then schedule other things around it? Obviously, or the alternative was, okay, I have the best intentions of, recording it let's put it on the back burner and leave it on the computer and nobody nobody okay i gain value from it you you have a conversation but nobody sees it or nobody hears it ultimately that serves nobody because no i think the bonus of social media uh, podcasting, YouTube, etc., all those like visual content um, platforms is one. Uh, I think the satisfaction of it is at least one person gets something out of it, and I think that's. I think ultimate, you and I could probably agree that's good enough. If it does better than that, if it went viral, okay, that would be not that would be nice. But I wouldn't dwell upon it in terms of okay. I need to now replicate that. How did I do it? to be able to do it again, not this one hit, you know, one hit wonder or what was uh, splash in the pan um, where I think a lot of people are comfortable with. It's like, no, you need to do it over. I think athletes are okay with it because it's it's repetition. It's I need to do this over and over again to get better. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's uh, that consistency that you give yourself, you know, and, and, you know, going back to what you're saying, like with, with the editing of this, if you don't do it, who's going to do it? No one's going to do it, you know? So it comes back down to, if you want to do it, you've got to do it. You can't just, you know, expect someone else is going to solve all these issues and problems and everything for you. People can guide you, people can support you, but ultimately it's you who's getting yourself up every day to do what is your goal or your focus to be able to move towards that goal a little bit closer every single day or throughout the day, you know? have everything marry up together and understand that everything connects to what you're doing and, um, you know, it's staying consistent with it to be able to uh, to keep going to, to reach a goal of what you want, whether it's, a, you know, growing a bigger audience, you don't just go, right, well, I just did one podcast, I didn't get 50,000 uh, views on it, uh, well, I'm going to give up now. It's like, okay, what do I need to do? You know, this is going to take time. And for me, that's something that... Um, you know, it was really important about my paddle as well, you know, something that carried into my, my daily life is, you know, I could only go as fast as my hands could push in the water. That's it. I could only go five kilometres an hour and uh, sometimes two kilometres depending on the wind and the currents and the swells and everything. So it's just, even though, yeah, I just wanted to get that thing done, I couldn't, I had two choices, go as fast as my hands could take me or stop. And that was it. So I really had to just slow down and just take everything in, you know, and realize that things take time, you know, and uh, 
you know, it changed my life and it was the greatest thing I've, I've ever done and, and that I'll ever do in my whole life and most proudest moment. And because of it, it's changed millions of people's lives across the globe and, uh, you know, documentaries on, on National Geographic about it, gone to 20, 220 million people across the globe and, you know, people reaching out all the time. But if I had it just given up, well, it wouldn't have had that, you know. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's not about just success of it i don't look at it as that but for me it's um you know it was a major milestone for me and a major stepping point to be able to continue on to what i do now to who i am now really do you think to a certain extent we've lost the awareness of patience yeah we just want a quick fix everyone wants a quick fix everyone wants to get there quick give me the give me the magic pill give me this give me that you know it's just I mean, it's pretty rife in the in the suicide, depression, mental health industry as it is, you know, and just you have this little pharmaceutical, it'll go away, you know. Everyone just wants that quick fix rather than doing the work on themselves, you know, It's uh, which is kind of strange, you know. Like, oh, I see business, people, you know, they work really hard in their businesses and they've struggled for years and then, you know, they finally get to a point where they want to and they know that it takes time, but to try and put that time back into themselves... They just want it real quick instead of knowing things take time and take a lot of work and take that consistency to, to keep on going. Do you think, and to a certain extent, that's that's losing sight of the process and focusing too much on the result? Then? Yeah, for sure, definitely. you got to enjoy the process of it. you, know, you got to enjoy that journey of what you're learning along the way and people that you meet along the way. You know, everyone's got something to share with even if it's someone at a checkout, you know, they just have a random chat to and they might say something and go, oh, well, I didn't think of that, but, yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. You know, I can see how I can tie that into what I'm doing. You know, it's, uh, but it's being open for it in all sorts of ways. And, again, going back to being open to learning everything and being open to explore everything. Just because it's not your sport doesn't mean you, you shouldn't do it or just because it's, that's the different business or product that you're selling. You know, it doesn't mean you, you can't explore different ways. If it makes sense, like you can see it uh, evolving into what you're doing and, and having a natural flow by doing this and I'll get, I'll learn out of this and that'll help me go forward, you know, as long as it's not just a stop-start thing. Well, then, um, or at least in your head, you can justify how that's going to, help towards your end goal, you know, then, um, then you're open for it. So let me ask you this, Damien, obviously put my penultimate question to you then. If you had to sit down with any athlete dead or alive, who would that be and why? Oh, wow. Um, I would say... On a, on a wellness sense, I would say any athlete who's taken their own life, I would like to sit down with and have a conversation like this with and prevent that. Um, but also understand how, how they got there and just um, learn a little bit more about them. Um, as far as like other athletes, I mean... Probably Bruce Lee. Probably be great to sit down with because, again, you know, he was the original MMA guy. He's, you know, he he went against the grain with everyone and said, right, there's a better way to do things. It's about learning all different disciplines and having the flow into each other. He understood their connectivity. Like, you know, he was he's years ahead of anyone else on a, on a physical sense, on a mental sense, on an emotional sense as well and being able to constantly test yourself and keep evolving within yourself as well and moving through life like water, just fluid, you know, so everything flows from one to another into each other, you know, and experiencing things, not just, you know, like he was a martial artist, he was an actor, he was this, he was that, you know, it's about exploring everything and then using those skills and tools that you're learning along the way that, that help towards your end goal of what you're doing, you know. It's, um, and obviously, like, he was killed in the end, so he must have been doing something right that he was such a threat to other people, you know. And it's, um, 
I think, yeah, he'd be um, amazing to sit down with just to really talk on a deep level about um, about his interconnection with all facets and elements of life, not just in his martial arts skills, and he's just his teaching approach and, and why he chose to go against the grain, against the masters that were saying, this is the only way, you know, to really take that stand, knowing that it was going to be a struggle and knowing that it was going to be tough and he had some major battles that he had to face instantly to be able to do that. But, I mean, look at the legacy that he's, that he's left, you know. It's the greatest martial artist that will ever live, the greatest fighter that will ever live in our, in our lifetime. You know, it's uh, because of what he's done and so many, so many films, so many um, ways people move, train, whatever, you know, like CrossFit. He was doing CrossFit back in the day, you know, like everything, like functional training to this, to that. Like, you know, he's, he's like the godfather of, of anything fitness and mental health related, basically, you know. Even with his injury that he had, you know, he could have stopped. But no, he just found a way to adapt and keep on going, you know. Instead of that, he used his skills to write a book and to write his form down while he was upside down in the bed, you know. Like, to be able, they said he could never walk again. You know, he ends up walking again, you know. He's just, you know, that resilience that he's that he put himself through in life to, to not give up, to know his self-worth and to know what he was capable of without listening to other people telling him what he can and can't do and what he is capable of. He's just like, no, how do I know unless I go and explore it? You know, so it's, um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's similar to how I live my life and how I come up with like uh, the one breath meditation, you know, it's just little bits and pieces of the goods that I've learned from all sorts of different therapies and intuition to be able to mold in together for, for one process, you know. And my final question to you, Damon, before we wrap up the show, is if you have to summarize what we've been speaking about into one sentence for people to take away, what would that be? Test and challenge yourself. Be happy with who you are. Be proud of who you are. And say, see a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So once again... Damien, thanks again for coming on the Mindset Athlete Podcast. Thanks, mate. Really enjoyed it. It's great chat. Oh, it's been my pleasure. <laughs> if you like this episode, please do share it with your friends and do let Damien and I know what you thought of the episode by tagging us over on Instagram at Damien Ryder and at James O. Roberts 11. And again, you can do the same on Twitter and Facebook. And in addition, if you had any follow-up questions, don't hesitate to shoot them over again. And finally, don't forget to check out his website, DamienRider.com. And as always, do check out my free content at fitamputee.co.uk and click on the tab resources. But not forgetting, I've also started a new Facebook group, especially for the podcast, which you can find by typing in the mindset athlete so make sure to check those links out they will be in the description you can find all the show notes at mindsetgame.lipson.com under the category general so once again thanks for listening and i'll catch you next week for another episode of the mindset athlete podcast